I don't know why I forgot to do the countdown like an idiot, but we're here. How's it going, everybody? Dumb Guy Live, Tuesday, yeah. Dumb Guy Live. It's not even numbered anymore. No. Uh, not even numbered. That's how long we've but, been going. Uh, that's how many... Yeah, that's how many of these we've been doing. We we had a week off. Luckily, nothing happened in Perot yeah. in the in the two no, weeks since we were gone. No big news. No, no big, no big deal. Sorry, babe, can't come over. Dumb guy live will be on soon. That's um, spirit. Are you the person I was talking to about Triple S? Uh, because if so, I I'm glad I was able to make your day. Uh, Will the real dumb guy please stand up? Murph, stand up. I can't stand up, but I will. Okay. All right, Murph. All right. We'll wait to participate in the bit. It is time to get stupid. Yeah, it's like it's the song by Eminem. Uh, Jamie, you should do the tweet, but first, but before you do that, Jamie, how's it going today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. As you said, there was no. Uh... No big news that we missed over the week. Maybe like maybe a New Japan departure. I think Tamatonga might be leaving New Japan, but you know, other than that, oh. <laughs> nothing major. Um, no, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm Okada. <laughs> okay, thanks, Murph. Murph yeah. is so smart. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> On the ball as always. Um, but you know, yeah, I've been playing the new the new Like a Dragon Eight, so that's been my kind of that's been my. Oh, thing. Yeah. I see. I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh... Yakuza like a dragon right now. Oh, yeah. In preparation, I've played through. I played zero, and both Kiwamis this year. Um, and I'm playing like a dragon right now. Looking forward to uh, to uh, infinite wealth. Um, oh, yes, a good time. Yeah, I'm gonna get this tweet out. Yeah, yeah Murph, what's good, guys? I had a wonderful weekend, and I am living the dream right now. Uh, I uh, I'm doing great, legitimately. You know. I'm excited to talk some pro with the boys. You know, it's one of my favorite times of the week. Does Ami Saray play the games? Yeah, she's a big fan. You know, it's one Ooh. thing we never talked about, Parker, is uh, how uh, Strong Machine J is a K-pop fan. Yeah, that's true. I got all I need. You know, this nothing else can be. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. Yeah, he did the. Sorry, uh, don't strike us, La Seraphim. Uh, he did the yeah he did the La Seraphine perfect night dance at Corican. It was and adorable. actually uh, I I did some digging and uh, I found a, uh, a the Shoe Pro directory. His favorite uh, celebrity was a a, J-pop, a K-pop group. Oh, who was it? Was it was it Twice? I can look right now, but uh, let me yeah it. yeah go find out because I'm curious because I know I know like a lot about that shit. Um, and I'll and I will be judging Strong Machine J uh, about his answer on that one. But in the meantime, you guys. I don't know if you're aware, but about about 12 days ago, there was an announcement from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it said that one Rainmaker, the the ace, the new ace, Kazuchika Okada, is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I know it's been a little while. I know it's been a couple weeks since we got that announcement, but oh my god, it's the most momentous Puro news I like since I've been a fan of, mm-hmm. of 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 Japanese pro wrestling. Like it's easily the biggest event in Japanese pro wrestling since the pandemic. I would say twice. It is twice. twice. See, I knew it. I, I know. I know my shit. 
Anyway, uh, twice bias is Dahyun. That's the correct answer in case anybody was wondering. Um, but uh, yeah, Kazuchika Okada, the guy who more than any other wrestler right now is synonymous with Japanese professional wrestling, of course, mm -hmm. synonymous with New Japan pro wrestling, the longest reigning IWGP heavyweight champion, right? Maybe the best world title reign of all time. Maybe the best wrestler ever. Mm -hmm. Some would argue that uh, is leaving. And it's looking right now, nothing's set in stone, but it's looking right now like he's headed to all elite wrestling in America. Uh, Jamie, I want to start with you because we kind of alluded to it a little bit on the pod because in the post-match promo, if you'll recall, at um, was it Battle in the Valley? Was that the show that, uh, that Osprey um, mm -hmm. and, and Okada main evented on? One of the weird comments from from Osprey after the show was that he might be seeing Okada soon, wherever he ends up going. And I think a lot of people took that as, well, yeah, Forbidden Door, you know, Osprey and AEW, Okada and in in New Japan, it's they they might see each other, you know. Mm -hmm. But right now, it certainly seems like he's headed to AEW based on how uh, based on how Tony Khan has been essentially behaving on Twitter. There's been no real indication that he's headed to WWE, I guess. So. With that, Jamie, just what are your what are your thoughts? It's Okada leaving New Japan. Yeah, it's huge, as you said. It's um, I can't think. I'm I'm pretty sure this is like the first time like the guy in Japan has ever like left Japan. There's, I can't think of any other. There's been big guys that have left, of course, but never like the. This is bigger than Nakamura, in my opinion. I think this is way bigger than Shinsuke. Oh, it's way oh, yeah, oh, way bigger. unquestionably. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, it's huge. I mean. You know, for the he, he's been on top of Japanese wrestling for so long now. I think a lot of people who are currently, you know, um, I, I guess more of the recent fans of Japanese wrestling would credit him with being one of the two guys who brought so like many people's attention to New Japan. With obviously the the uh, Kenny Omega series, you know, some of the best, one of the best series of matches of all time. You know, you touched on his his, his lengthy uh, IWGP title reigns and stuff like that. It's a uh, you know, <laughs> struggle to put into words how big of a loss it is. For New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, especially when you look at the the kind of year they had, they just had, and some of the the triggers that they didn't pull this year, so that some of the you know mm -hmm. they, they failed to act on a couple of uh, big opportunities, and now in hindsight it looks a lot lot worse. But um, yeah, so it's it's big. They they've got a huge void to fill. Luckily, I think they do have a lot of the pieces ready to kind of make the best go of that. But again, um, it would have been a lot easier if they would kind of been prepped for it. I don't think anyone was anticipating uh well I don't think many people were anticipating him leaving to start with, but in this kind of uh you know manner where it's kind of um it's like right I'm leaving next month, <laughs> you know, and they don't really have too long to kind of deal with that. They obviously have to change a lot of the, the new beginning tours. Um obviously we're gonna get the, the Tanahashi match. But in terms of where he's gonna go, uh, a lot of the reports have uh, you know initially suggested he was undecided now, like as Parker said you know the kinds of the signs are kind of pointing towards AEW, which makes sense. I think if anyone was to guess, you know, if someone told you that Alcada was leaving, I think um, the best bet would have been on AEW from the start. I mean, Tony Khan's already kind of invested. It's, it's similar case to Osprey. He's already invested a lot into him with his mm -hmm. when he's been over there in terms of like doing TV and obviously Forbidden Door. Um, and you know, we know what Tony Khan, Tony Khan's like when he's already done that. He's willing to, you know, go. Um, Go big with the financial offers. He's not. He's not afraid of going uh, against WWE with that. And of course, 
Um, he, you know, you'd imagine that he, Tony Khan, would be more willing to be a bit more lenient with Okada on where he's going to stay. Um, whereas WWE, you'd assume they'd want him to move over there full time, right? That's another similar mm-hmm. point to the Will Ospreay thing. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's huge. It's a uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see how how it all plays out, how New Japan manager where he ends up, and how just how he's going to be presented on American television. I think him in AEW means he'll probably very much feel well not, not feel exactly the same but he'll be presented in a similar manner uh, if he went to wwe I, I do not know how that would look <laughs> um and there's kind of a there's kind of like a weird curiosity curiosity to it but it's not something i'm kind of hoping for at all but yeah i don't know it's a, it's, it's a big one merv i have a prediction i have a very big prediction i have i, I there's one thing i disagree with I think that the people saying that Tony, that Okada, if he goes to AEW, he will 100% live in Japan. I'm going to be real with you. I disagree. My guess is I think Okada will move to the West Coast of the United States, California, to give you know flexibility. He'll probably keep a place in Japan. But I'm thinking, I think, this is my opinion, I think Okada's, not to, no pun intended, all in. I think Okada is going to be a weekly uh, member of the show. Maybe he'll be, you know, Two, three weeks out of a month. Maybe you'll have a week off every month. But I don't think Okada is coming in as a Brock Lesnar. Some people, and not, not Brock Lesnar, I don't mean other way. I mean, I, he's a special attraction. I don't think that's how it's going to be. I think Okada is going to be a very important part of this AW show because if you're paying this guy, let's say five, six million dollars, you know, this guy is going to be a essential member of the show. And he is, he has the character, you know, he does, his English is, his English is good. You know, he has, he's shown that he is, he has good English, but you see, even if he didn't know a lick of English, he has the aura, he has the charisma. He is going to do just fine on American television. And I'll say this, I think Okada's best place to be is New Japan Pro Wrestling. And a part of me is very sad that he's going to be in, that he's leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling, as I think he fits so well in that promotion. But you see, Okada's not going to put any of these new boys up. You know, he's not putting these guys over. Okada wants to be on top still. So I think this is a great move for both parties. I'm very, very, very excited for Okada to be a member of All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, it's probably going to be really bad, huh? Uh, it's probably going to it's probably gonna suck, right? Um, you know, I mean, it's not a joke. It's probably going to be bad. But yeah. uh, the, I mean, it sucks. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers and he's leaving one of the best promotions. And he's may be the biggest reason why it's one of the best pro um and yeah it's just uh i think jane about it and and we'll we'll start about the immediate stuff we'll start there and then maybe we can get into like a bit of a retrospective on his new japan career right his, his old career to this point easily the biggest turning point in his career obviously but I think Jamie was was pretty prescient when he talked about the the booking in New Japan over the last was just it was just patient to a fault. Mm-hmm. They just would not learn anything regarding Okada or any of these young guys. Um and now they've lost two, right? Uh and it feels like that the year's so strong with okada versus kaito mm-hmm. they had that incredible tag match in the in the the dq in the post match and then the uh and then of course the singles match the wrestle kingdom like post show essentially 
And then early in the year, it was Okada and Tanahashi feuding with Shota Umino and Ren Narita, which was a great little storyline too. And then they had all the young guys in the same block in the G1. And then none of them made it out of the of the blocks and or interacted with Okada in any way. They, they gave it to Hikaleo and Evil. Um, and Okada just never wrestled these guys. He just never was against them. He never... It's not even like he had to lose. Just even wrestling them in any circumstance, I think, would have, you know, in a hyper, like in a, in say, a final match or something like that would have been a huge deal. But that's obviously not what they did. The last guy he really put over was Sonata, which, I mean, he had a, he had a good reign, I thought. Nothing crazy, but he had a good reign. Um, but it feels like Sonata's ceiling is not quite as high as most of these young guys. So to me, that's going to be the the biggest disappointment over the last year of his of his career. Um, with that being said, he still kept putting on the incredible matches. He was in the G1 finals against uh, Naito in one of the best New Japan matches of the year. Um, and I don't know. I, it's I more than anything, I'm just worried, and I'm sure you are too, Jamie, about where New Japan goes from here. They're missing so much top talent now. And they haven't shown really any indication that they're ready to really pull the trigger on any of their young guys. Shota Umino uh, is maybe the one that they've shown the willingness to, but Narita, Suji, and Uemura have all been very 50-50 thus far. So I don't know. What do you think about what do you think about the booking of Okada over the last year and maybe uh, maybe it not being quite as optimal as it could have been? Yeah, it's a tough one. I've, I've, as I kind of mentioned before, hindsight is obviously you know a big factor, and I think at the time. We were looking at it, and obviously Okada wasn't putting over these people. You talk like the you know, the kind of crossover stuff of Noah with Kiyomiya, and then of course the the Musketeers, and even as recent as the, the kind of Kosei Vegeta stuff has been really entertaining, mm-hmm. um, as recent as this week. But um, yeah, I think the kind of looking at it then, it was obviously uh, you know something we were building towards. Eventually, you know, one or two of these guys is gonna you know get you know get some come up and on on Okada here, finally get the big win. Um, now and obviously <laughs> that's not going to happen unless they, they they book something very very quickly. So looking back on it, yeah, they 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 definitely they took way too long. They they um you know because they must have known that this this contract thing was coming up, and obviously you know not a lot you know we we talked about it a lot even when rumors first started the kind of WWE and AEW were interested. We didn't think he was leaving, but with that in in mind and there not being like a certainty that he is one hundred percent staying. Um, they should have been making efforts to make sure that they have everything that they've got out of him because he's at that stage in his career now where if he was ever going to do it, then he's going to do it now. So it should have been uh, in their minds. But So I think looking back, it's definitely one of the biggest missed opportunities for, for New Japan and it's going to pay, you know, they're going to pay for it because now they've got to um, build with their newest generation and they don't have the ability to utilize the previous generation's top guy, you know, which is often, you know, the easiest way to transition from era to era um and then looking at it from who those top guys are going to be now i think for so long in, in like the last you know almost 10 years or so one of the biggest criticisms in new japan has always been that their main event scene uh, felt a little kind of samey and i'm you know don't get me wrong that the same people that get mentioned are like the top of the top tier talent but you know you, you looked at like the the okadas the tanahashis the naitos and then of course like you kind of will ospreys kota ibushis jay white's all of those guys are out now, and the only guys are really left with a Tanahashi, who is no longer really 
that main event guy, you know, obviously he's doing TV title stuff and is he's obviously physically nowhere near where he used to be. And Naito, who of course is the champion now, but kind of only really turns it up in those title matches. And it, he he's not a guy that's going to be dependable like that for too much longer, you'd assume. So you're looking at it and you think they really need, you know, <laughs> to start building. Shota Umino is obviously, like you said, the guy who's got the most, seems like he's he's the closest to being um, someone they're going to pull the trigger on. Sonata still in and around there, obviously, after that rain. But, you know, they, they've got to get going with Suji more. Um, they've, I think signing, this could give uh, be a perfect opportunity for someone like a Katsigo Nakajima. He probably now becomes more of an appealing signer for New Japan in the immediate future. They need um, like big names in the main event scene. So if he's still kind of, um, you know, if he's not going to stay right with All Japan for too much longer, that could be a big get for them. Um, Kaito Kimir as well. They probably need to hurry up and, and get that one locked down and start building with him. But yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't really know how they're going to manage it. I guess we'll find out pretty soon. I, here's what I will say, you know. I think there was a, it was a missed opportunity to not run Okada versus Suji last year. I think Okada versus Suji would have been perfect at King of Pro Wrestling or whatever the October destruction in Tokyo, whatever it was. You know, I, 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 I you know, I really enjoyed the Okada Dream Team six man run, but I think that that time could have been used elsewhere. And I do think that looking back, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty now that we know that you know Okada's leaving, but that was a waste of time. I do think Okada. The it was a problem, and this is a good problem to have. But the Kiyomiya stuff was so good that you really were focusing on a Noah guy and not your own guy, and that kind of hurt to a fault. Because the the fact of the matter is, Kiyomiya is good, and we'll get to that later in the show. Kiyomiya had made my favorite match of the week, and um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is I think you know, I when Tanahashi was put in as president, I thought that that was the end of the Okada leaving talk, and then I think New Japan may have thank God too because New Japan rarely ever changes cards. And New Japan, you know, had cards set up through the new new beginning tour with Okada on them, you know. So really, this was just such a blindside decision. I and I mean, the the worst discourse I saw this week was the people that thought Kosei Fujita should have pinned Kazuchika Okada in that match. I'm sorry, that was the most stupid shit I've ever seen in my life. Because Kosei Fujita, as much as he's good, he's a great worker and he has a bright future. He's a junior. He is a a junior who is not there yet. And him being Okada just would have been like, what the hell? It's better to give Okada the win in his last cork and you can have Okada lose, you know, in one of the next couple of matches. But I really disagreed with that. But I do I do wish Okada was able to put over Umino, Suji, you know, fuck it, even Yuya. But I mean, that's just not in the cards right now. And, uh... I think Okada, I'm really interested to see how this Okada AEW run goes because it's it's honestly Tony Khan, and you know, it's a, it's a good challenge to have. You're one of the best wrestlers in the world. But it's going to be a challenge because, you know, this is kind of unprecedented that you have a guy that's the top star in a Japanese company coming over to America. And, you know, with Nakamura, he went in NXT first, but, you know, he's not going to AEW. He's not going to ROH. He's going straight to the big leagues and, you know, big leagues of AEW. And, you know, that's going to be really interesting. But, you know, this is – it's, it's – um, I wish Okada stayed in New Japan, but I do think it's a lot better that he's going to AW, not uh, NXT. Uh, WWE. He's never going to NXT. Get the hell out of here. You think he's going to be in a fucking warehouse wrestling Chase U? Like, get out of here. So, I do think it's valuable to talk about a bit of a retrospective on Okada's career. I will say, obviously, he'll still interact with New Japan in some way through Forbidden Door and all that, right? Um, it's just not 
not the same as Okada. Be you know, Okada and and New Japan are synonymous at this point, right? It's very very odd, just rhetorically that he's even leaving, right? But with that being said, we got some incredible stuff oh, yeah. <laughs> out of his. Uh, I would say that's maybe the biggest understatement of the year out of uh, out of his New Japan run out of his career so far the bulk the practically entirety of his career um and i don't know but i don't know what, what do you guys think like what stands out uh, it was such greatness for a decade right what stands out as being particularly incredible i mean got is there another answer kenny the matches with kenny i mean jesus christ yeah. those matches changed the world you know it's not, not hyperbole i mean without kenny versus okada one you're not getting Kenny versus Jericho and you're not getting, you know, AEW. And I mean, Okada, if you look at it, I mean, that guy, he had his stretch in 2016 into 2017. He had probably the best run of all time, in my opinion. I mean, you know, he had like, I think it was 12 pay-per-view matches and outside of the one with fucking Foley, which wasn't even that bad. That Foley match was actually pretty good. That, that match was good. Yeah. Good. But like every other match was like great. And, I mean, this guy, for a while, I mean, he was just – he. it is very, very hard to win be the PWI 500 number one as a Japanese wrestler in New Japan when New Japan honestly has only got – like, that was in, like, 2017. I mean, this guy really, like it's, – it's, it's a testament to him that, you know, you find, like, a fan. And, for example, I was at the WWE Royal Rumble this weekend, and there were fans that, you know – and these guys, I used to go to WWE events in 2014, 2015, and there was only WWE. And now I had guys sitting behind me talking about Jungle Boy. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, like, and that's a testament of Okada and New Japan being able to make, let people know. I mean, there are so many wrestling fans that had no idea that there was wrestling outside of the WWE. And I am very, very sure that Okada in New Japan is one of the reasons why that was opened up. Okada went on ES those G1, I think it's really those G1 special shows in 2017 where Okada went on ESPN before the show. A New Japan wrestler on ESPN before the show, and this has just gotten so big. So I think Okada legitimately changed the world of wrestling forever in New Japan, and it's sad that that chapter's ending, but I think it's only going to go up from here. And the fact of the matter is, here's the biggest thing, I forgot to say this, I think the biggest winner out of out of this is Shota Umino. This is Shota Umino's chance to be the guy. I think Shota Umino can be what Okada was. Shota Umino, I mean, it went from Tanahashi to Okada, and I wish Umino could beat Okada and, like, really show that, and that's not going to happen. But Umino's the guy, in my opinion. He's the next world beater, and I'm very excited. I mean, that guy goes on Noah shows, and he's the most over guy in the show. And all the motherfuckers in Noah had little pink, like, glow-up sticks that Shota gives out. I mean, when you go into a promotion like that and be the most over guy and you're not even in the promotion, that says one thing. Dude came out on a fucking motorcycle. I feel like we didn't talk about Shota Umino is the guy. And I think Okada leaving, you know, it sucks for New Japan, but they're going to have to get behind a guy, and I think that guy is the shooter. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, what stands up for you? Yeah, I pretty much agree with a lot of what Mayor said. Obviously, I mean, for pretty much most people, the standout's always going to be the stuff with, with Kenny. Um, and I, I think that is probably the best series of matches in the, in, in the history of wrestling. I don't think they may have come come close to be honest. My favorite match uh, as an individual match, though, is probably his uh, the, the match with uh, Katsuyori Shibata. Obviously, the you know the aftermath of it is, is what it is. But as a match, 
it's you know felt things during that that I've, I've never felt in another wrestling match it was so unbelievably physical and um but just as uh, Kazuchika Okada his importance in New Japan Pro Wrestling I think I can't remember who said it in the Respirous group chat but it, you know as it was most recent as a uh, you know this year's Wrestle Kingdom when he came out for the match against uh, Brian Danielson someone described it as the greatest man to ever to ever live versus God and that's what I think, that, that's I what think, that's Bomb, felt like. I think that was Bomb, eh? yeah and I love that so much I think that it, describing Kazuchika Okada as God I think is probably the best way to describe him in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in terms of how he's how he's felt there I mean him at Wrestle Kingdom he he pretty much is Wrestle Kingdom at this point you you go to Wrestle Kingdom and you know 95% of the time the Okada match is the thing that's that's the big intrigue he's he's, he's almost always the main event and if not then he's usually the best match <laughs> you know he makes a point to, to make himself the main event there but I mean yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many things, like, you know, the way he came in and just instantly made himself a huge deal after, you know, kind of what was his TNA run. He's, yeah. Okada. He's important to the company, can't really be kind of understated. He's, it's going to be a tremendous loss, and there's there's so many things to list off, but, you know, there's the stuff we kind of talked about there. I think those are the those are the best bits, but we, we could be here for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't seen anybody make jokes about how the current AEW world champion is Samoa Joe and uh it's uh it's his it's his old heavy Okado. storytelling going in yeah that's long-term storytelling <laughs> folks uh dixie carter always wins um for me obviously the kenny matches but really just that entire title reign is is just what is just what i remember the most from from okada i mean just if you go match by match wins it from from naito in a weird match at dominion 2016 weirdly one of the weaker matches of the reign but then he his first defense is Marafuji, which people forget. That was an excellent match. And then just this this three match run of Omega, Suzuki, and Shibata. All three going around 40 minutes. He has a great, like a shockingly great match against Fale. Then, of course, the 60-minute draw against Omega. The first great Cody match uh ever, in my opinion. Um and that was really the match that put Cody on the map as like an actual force to be reckoned with uh, on the indies. I would say the uh, the actual weakest match of the reign for me was the evil match. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. And out too much for me. But then Naito Wrestle Kingdom twelve, which you were at, right, Merv? Yes, I was. Um, the Sonata match was, which was the best match of Sonata's career to that point. Aber match, uh, which was the the matchup that puts Saber on the map is like a weight in that whole New Japan Cup run was what put him on the map as a big time heavyweight. And, and then the Tanahashi match, which is, you know, they've had obviously an incredible series. This is one of the best matches between the two. The, 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 the Don Taku one, that's my favorite yeah. ever, actually. That's my favorite Okada Tanahashi. See, I mean, like, and that's saying something. I mean, there's been, they've had unbelievable matchups against each other. And then finally, of course, what a lot of people have is maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time uh the no two out of three falls match at dominion in 2018 i mean that reign is just going through it is just preposterous and of course that's not even that doesn't even include the two years of g1s that we got within that reign as well um i mean he's just he's and just the, rain the, he had the, next uh, year. I, the rain he had the next year was great too 
Yeah, he had a great reign the next year. Well, and then there's there was the when he lost the title, he completely changed his character and kind of lost his mind, right? And Balloons. had a great. I mean, he he was the one who put Jay White on the map too. I mean, Jay White was the yeah, 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 yeah. Jay White. I mean, Jay White was um. I mean, he he nobody bought him as like the guy, you know, when he went against Tanahashi and then when he beat Omega for the US title, like nobody really bought into him until he he feuded with uh until he started feuding with Okada at um you know in that and then of course leaving chaos and all that. So um I mean we could like you said, James, all day uh day, talking about the greatness of Okada. Speaking of, I have a couple super chats. 499 from Kazuchika himself. I am Dumb Guy Live. I am NXT. I don't really. Oh. I appreciate the super chat, but I, I, I mean, I certainly hope not. I, I prefer AEW because at least there's like Forbidden Door, but I don't really care that much. Murph looked like he enjoyed being Little Spoon. Murph, that's is that cap, true? It's cap. It's cap. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to disagree with Okada. So. Yozora Hart, $5 super chat. Testing my super chats. Do y'all have any takes on SRS's most recent report on Julia? Does it say uh, that there is it's the well about her thing. being like stiff or it's whatever? Well it's the Willow thing. Yeah, I mean it's probably true, but it's also AEW people just like don't think she's like good at wrestling either. So like, whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's a like there's a lost. key decision maker in AEW that believes that uh, well that does not like Julia because she dropped well on her head and didn't check on her. That's it was a key decision maker. Which is like. I don't know. Oh, that seems like a kind of arbitrary. Like, I don't know why that's Julia's job to check on her. Like, I'm not, I guess I'm not a person who works in wrestling, but like, who cares? <laughs> like, you get dropped on your head in wrestling matches sometimes. And thankfully, we've gotten to a, she is like a top priority in wrestling. So there are doctors and referees and officials who, <laughs> it's their job, not the wrestler who's like a performer who doesn't speak English. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's like I guess some people feel differently. Maybe if I worked for AEW, I'd feel differently. A twenty dollars super chat from Will Chisholm. Bang. What's up with New Japan and Stardom not letting Okada and Jul- Julia? I guess not drop the titles. I guess Stardom may have had heed because he tried to be slick and talk to Julia before her deal is up. TNA better watch Jordan Grace. I like the I like the little TNA better watch Jordan Grace at the end there just to squeeze that in there. Uh, I mean. I don't know. It pro- there probably just wasn't for New Japan. There probably just wasn't like an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty clearly something they did not anticipate happening, right, guys? Like they they did not. He was. They changed the tour because he left, right? Then New Japan mm-hmm. never changes cards, so pretty clearly that was just, um, you know. And they didn't. They just didn't feel like it made sense for Mikey Nichols to beat him probably and like, like be his like second to last loss in the company or something like that. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that choice. The Julia stuff. Well, couldn't she still technically do it? Like, is she officially done? Like, I guess you would know better than me, Jamie, but Her contracts uh, up. Yeah. So yeah, first of all, you, I, I pretty much agree with the new Japan thing. I mean, unless like Fujita was going to pin maybe like Ishii right. or something like that, but even then, like Mercedes said, he's a junior. It, would, it wouldn't have made the most sense. Um, and that, I mean, it's the trio as well. So they're fine vacating it. Um, the Julia thing, obviously uh, she faced Trisha Dora at Battle in the Valley. And then uh, seemingly the next challenge is going to be Stephanie Vaquer, right? She, she won the mm-hmm. um, the match to become number one contender. Uh, the report, I think, I believe it was Dave Meltzer who said she's now not scheduled 
to work uh, the mm. Windy City show in April. And obviously her contract's up in, in March, so it may it may pretty much just be a case of she's going to the WWE and she's not going to be sticking around to kind of, you, you know, how Al-Qaeda is doing, how he's sticking around to kind of finish up. I don't think that'll be the case. I think she may be done when her contract's up. And maybe that's not something they anticipated. Um, but she may she may very well still drop that belt. She may drop it, but it may have to be in like on a starting mm-hmm. show. Um, whether that means Vakar is going to come over or whether they drop it to someone else and then uh, do maybe like a Utami, Hayashita, I saw that pitched. Maybe you finally run that match there and maybe you do Utami uh, versus Vakar in Chicago or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's too much to worry about. I, and also, I'm not too concerned about the, the New Japan Strong women's side. I kind of want to get that out of stardom, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So it's not really my, my core uh, priority at the moment. And then uh, Jordan Grace, I mean, she had, she had a good showing in the Royal Rumble. She did well. I don't, I don't yeah. know if she's leaving TNA anytime soon. Uh, you know, it seems like she got a pretty sweet deal there. But, I mean, yeah, she 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 stood out in that match a lot. It reminds yeah, I, me I of the not, Good Brothers deal. I did not watch the Royal Rumble um, because I don't care, but what I it sounded like she did a good job. So No, <laughs> she, had a, she had an exchange with uh, Ivy Nile. Where uh, Jordan Grace? That's not a real wrestler. That's not that no. can't be right. Where they, they were doing like power spots, and Jordan Grace and her, and Ivy Nile had him in a uh, a vertical suplex, and Ivy Nile fucked up, but Jordan Grace held it up. And then they did it, and they did a kip up, and Jordan Grace did the kip up, and Ivy Nile fucked up the kip up. So Jordan Grace did look really well, you know. And then she had a little exchange with Bianca before Bianca dumped her out. Did you guys know Ivy Nile doesn't even have a Wikipedia page? Really. She been she been wrestling for quite well, not not a long time, but like she's been yeah. at NXT and like in a decent yeah, spot when, for a when while. You, when you look up Ivy Nile, all that shit comes up is the Diamond Mine, everyone's yeah, favorite stable. Hachiman. Uh, are they still? A, are they? Are they still a stable? No, you're it's, forgetting. Yeah, Tyler Rust. Yeah, the most Hachiman. important member. But it, it's um, they do Creed Brothers and Ivy Nile are still like a trio, but I don't know if they still go by Diamond Mine, but they're like a trio. Cool. Cool. What's Ivy Nail's nickname? The Bulldog. The Bulldog. The Bulldog? Cool. Uh, well, now I'm just going to find out everything there is to know about Ivy Nile. She was like um, a, strong, a strong woman kind of thing, I think. Uh, I would certainly hope so. She's a wrestler. Um, nice. But almost. Thank you, Will Chisholm. We appreciate the super chat. Anwar Starwin, $10 super chat. Getting to hear y'all talk about wrestling never gets old. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Good luck to Ace of Aces. I hope it works out. Uh, versus Omega and Wembley or Madison Square Garden someday is going to be beast. Um, yeah, Madison Square Garden. I mean, that talking was the, the plan. It's right? not going to be the Garden. Sadly. It's going to be Wembley. James Dolan, James Dolan uh, has... Uh, it, WWE has James Dolan by the balls, you know. Oh fuck, another bad reference. Shit. I mean, New Japan um, literally ran it. Yeah, and that was like they had to like do lawyers, like Sinclair lawyers, but they like fixed the loophole. Mm-hmm. Is is Kenny going to be back for Wembley? I hope so. Uh, I'm, I'm not too I sure. I would think so. What is that? I, I mean, so. that's so long. That's so long from now. Yeah. I hope so. I mm. We got a five dollars super chat from Tyler. He lets us know dumb live. I love it. Thank you. That's Agreed. All about uh, Jamie, you want to take this one? Yeah. Yeah, good cloth. Oh. This, this week of all weeks. New Japan will be fine. 
Oh, five five dollars super chat, I should say. Thank you very much, Jürgen. New Japan will be fine. When you agree on a common idea and work towards it together, you can create something special. Very touching words from Jürgen Klopp. We've seen Jürgen Klopp do this himself. He's obviously he doesn't follow football. He's leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. Tragic scenes from me and Merv. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much, Jürgen Klopp. That was, that was very, you know. I hope New Japan can read this super chat and you know take inspiration that you know they they get the right team together. They can they can make something special. I love that. Hey, Merv, can you stop crinkling in our ears? Also from Jurgen Klopp, $5. I promised Cody the same year he finished the story, I would finish mine. Um, hmm. I hope so. I mean, I guess in one sense, I guess in one sense he's finishing the story in the sense that his story is just finished. Um, no. But, Jurgen Klopp's going to finish the story, and we're going to get Chabi Alonso in, and the train's going to keep rolling. Yeah, I hope so. I'll be good. Mm. We gotta win everything this year, though. I'll believe it when I see it. Is this pesos? Uh, Kale, twenty pesos. I think. Correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. Yeah. Pesos. Uh, think she got told by WWE to wrap it up before April. I mean, it's probably just whenever the contract is out. Like, weirdly, mm-hmm. WWE is like super loyal when it comes to letting people like write out their con i mean i'm sure there's like some regulations around it too but they're usually really good about when they're going towards signing a wrestler that um you finish out your dates everything you've announced so far please don't change it um and that's i mean that's for whatever reason that seems to be the case so for me I mean, and i'm sure you agree with me jamie it's just like it's literally just whenever julia con julia's contract officially ends whenever she is a free agent she will come to the states mm-hmm. Uh, another super chat from Will Chisholm always generous $10 if that's the reason why AW thinks Julie is not good then they may never look at any stardom talent but was it always been WWE for Julie or did she ever think of AW well she probably I mean she probably considered it like she's not stupid like she knows the scene most likely but there was never interest from the other side is the point Mm -hmm. like it was never going to happen ever because AW was not interested um fritz two dollars super chat we appreciate you fritz i don't believe you ivy's match with mako is great i'm all right i gotta go to cave match now ivy you're telling me mako satomura still wrestles that doesn't sound right I, to me either I mean, like, she's on a weird deal <laughs> I, didn't I don't she know live in, like england for a while like didn't she like yeah, what's her what's her freaking deal yeah, she she's like she's allowed to live in England. And she doesn't really do much, but she's like signed and then occasionally makes appearances. Like there's like no one else in WWE that does that. That's very odd. What? This was like the match with me was like her tenth match ever. It was for Ivy's, the NXT Ivy's not bad, you know. Ivy's, Ivy's decent. This is all isn't. This all sounds fake to me. Me Williams. I'm now. I'm on this. Who's Tate Mayfair's? I'm on know. this. Uh, I'm on this NXT UK taping. <laughs> Eliza Alexander with Zaya Brookside defeated um on that show. In case you guys were wondering, I- Ivy Nile is actually pretty good. It's um, Caden Carter and Katana Chance aren't real. Like they're just not real. Nico Sonomura has not March of last year at at work, where she was pinned by Roxy. Uh, cool. Yeah, I don't understand this. Mako Saray defeat Alexander and Zaya Brookside. Uh, the last NXT UK. No, it was not. 
This is all I care about now. Who's Tiger Turan? <laughs> That's all Jamie. <laughs> Who's Josh Morrill? What the fuck? Trent Seven. Um is Tiger Turan. These are people <laughs> who got wins on NXT UK towards the end. What? I think you're making some of these people up. None of this seems real to me. Anyway, thank you, Fritz. I appreciate the super chat. Do say Rhodes, who has a good uh if this is who I'm thinking of, has a really good profile picture on Twitter with a 499 super chat. Grace looks better than 90% of the women's PC is needed. Oh, oh. Got him. Oh, Dang. Because there already is one. By the way, guys, I don't know if you guys realize this. We have uh, we have 62 live viewers. That's like really well, good. I don't really know why. We're house. a fucking draw. Make, it's, it's all that Ivy Nile talk. Yeah. Um, the way I got out. The, way it's really Ivy Nile. the people are Do fucking. You guys, I'm, I'm really curious about Tiger Turan. He's Pakistani? <laughs> And he was in NXT UK. The Tiger. He was on Impact last year. Tiger Turan. Amir Jordan. Do you guys know who Amir Jordan is? Oh, yeah. He was on WCPW. When he... His last run in NXT UK, in case you were wondering, he was Tiger Turan. Oh, so that was Amir Jordan. Oh, okay. I'll say, yes, I am familiar with him. (laughs) I am too. I didn't know he was Tiger Turan. Why was he called Tiger Turan? Now I'm curious. I gotta find. Did he have a mask on or something? He did. <laughs> he was a luchador. What the fuck were they doing? Nothing. Yeah, the, it was just it was just the diet. Like it was over. Like they were just doing anything. <laughs> they had nothing to do. Yeah. What was I gotta? I want to find out the last NXT UK card. NXT UK two eleven. Like ninety like percent. Tiger Turan was a Tiger Turan won a dark match on the last NXT UK show. Uh, yes. it was the it was the NXT UK title tournament semis. Uh, Trent Seven beat Oliver Carter, who's Oro Mensa. I didn't know that. Um, remember when he was randomly in like that that like ladder match last year, and then they it's just Oro Mensa, and now he's like a level up guy, I think. Um, and then Tyler Bate defeated Joe Coffey. And then Noam Dar beat Mark Coffey to win the NXT UK Heritage Cup title, um, which apparently is still a title. Yeah, it's like um, still a thing on weekly I NXT. Like, what, are, what is this company? I, hey, he's defending it tonight, I think. I can't remember who. Why again. did this... There was an episode... The fifth to last episode of NXT UK has a 1.88 on cage match. <laughs> what were they doing? Oliver Carter defeated Rohan Raja Who's Gersinder Singh, if you remember who that is. Uh, Shaw Samuels beat Bodie Hayward. Bodie Hayward was in NXT UK? Brady <laughs> Booker? you went on a field trip. Bodie Hayward was in, was in ROH? Brady like Booker. Two, three, three days ago? Brady Booker. What's going on? Brady Booker. I'm learning so much about wrestling. Charlie Dempsey was on this show. He he was Rohan Rajah's backup. So Oliver Carter, that's Oro Mensa, defeats Rohan Raja with Charlie Dempsey and Teo Man, who's Metehan or and or Lucky Kid. Mm-hmm. WXW. Oh my god. Oh, t- t- is it Thea Hale was on this show? Uh-huh. 
I love the main Gale. event was was the main event was Blair Davenport, B. Priestley versus Isla Dawn for the NXT UK Women's Title Number One Contendership, and then they went to a no contest. So it's like, who's the number one contender? Isla Dawn was on the Rumble. <laughs> now that you mentioned these shows, I am remembering that they did start sending like. Mate, like, well, mate, like America NXT people to NXT UK, but like in the mm-hmm. dying era of of. The I remember shows. when Saray like, went. Why were they? Magic- they went, were they trying to pop remember magical like, Saray? Yeah, Parker, you love magical Saray, bro. You magical Saray was was the 2022 gimmick of the year. It was the best shit of all time. Uh, we have lost no viewers talking about this, by the way. <laughs> Let's um, keep this train rolling. Yeah, I'm just. This is like I'm like so intrigued. The people love it because I, I, I all I'm doing, the reason I'm able to find it is on Nigel McGuinness's commentary career. Um, David Carter and really feuded with these three dudes. The, what was this and Charlie Dempsey Rohan Raja stable? Chat, tell me now because I need to know if it oh, had a I name. Did. Oh, what? No, it definitely had a name. It's ringing. It's ringing a bell. Hold on, I'm gonna find this. No, Rohan Raja, not Rohit Raju. Were they the metaphor? Raja is somehow a different person than Rohit Raju. Uh, Tailman. Tailman. I think it was. Dennis. I think it was called like D Family or something like that. Like D like, Family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh that I don't know how you pronounce that. It's obviously a German, the like that oh. family or family. Oh yeah, no family. Yeah, that's so them. They have a. Th- yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it was like listen to the theme right now. It's like <laughs> this can't be real. How how is NXT UK a thing? They were like, we're gonna push a stable, and it's is gonna NXT be Rohan Raju, huh? Is there an NXT Europe yet? That's a good question. Who was on this? Von Wagner was in NXT UK. He beat Sam Gradwell. Angel Hayes? Sam Gladwell was like uh bald motherfucker, right? He was like bald yeah. as fuck. Ashton Smith. Oh yeah, Dave Family. It has zero ratings on Cage Match, that stable. We should raise it right now. <laughs> yeah, Come ten. On. It made me smile. They let Danny Jones be in NXT UK for a little bit. Who's Danny Jones? Who the fuck is Tate Mayfair's? Tate, that, no, no, that, this, that's the most... You made that person up. Tate, Tate, Tate Martell? Tate, yeah, yeah, Tate Martell, the journeyman college quarterback. Legend. Tate Mayfair's. Who's this guy? He looks like... Uh, who does he look like? He looks like a, the guy from Criminal Minds. Oh, weird. Alright, I'm gonna f- look until I find the most random person I possibly can and then we'll move on. Um, oh, remember, remember when they let uh, remember when they let Nigel do commentary for Ring of Honor uh, on like a show one time? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now I'm on NXT level up. Do you guys remember when uh, Gabriel Kidd joined the Bullet Club for one night? Like in 2018. Uh, oh, it was yeah. Like 2017. And then That's he actually joined the Bullet Club. Yeah. 
Tristan Archer was on NXT UK. He lost to Jordan Devlin. Nick Mysterio. Remember Primate and T-Bone? Isn't Jordan Devlin Nick Mysterio? J.D. McDonough? Yeah. Andy, okay, this is the most random person. And you guys aren't going to believe that this Andy is... Andy Quilden? No, I wish it was Andy Quilden. Andy Quilden, I love Andy Quilden. I love how much he cares about wrestling. Andy Wild. Andy like Wild. That sounds like a porn name. That's the most creator wrestler I've lit. Like this, our chat is so active right now. I've been on Cage Match. I've missed like fifty messages. We should do a Cage Match, uh, like a segment every week. A Cage Match. Segment. I want to the rabbit this hole. Is, this is so much better than than NXT. Yeah, which is on right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bring it by. The, the people of have, have they figured out who prepared. attacked Carmelo attack attack Trick yet? Yeah, who attacked Trick, Jamie? Oh, I don't think we know yet. <laughs> I think oh, like Carmelo still hasn't. It's it's obviously Carmelo, right? But he still Bro, hasn't turned on. I left. I I we did that segment before I left for a month. I left Orlando for a month, and that was like three weeks ago. It's been like eight weeks. Yeah. I well, I, I think I think he's gonna turn on him this weekend. It's Vengeance Day this weekend. Bro, is this? It's oh, Vengeance like Day because the name of the show. Oh, Trick's facing Ilya, and people think Trick's gonna win, but Carmelo's gonna turn on him. Yeah. Trick's gotta win, dog. Yeah. Whoop that trick. Yeah, that I trick. like it. Huh? All what right. Look, is this Andy Wild? <laughs> How do we become the Brit Rest podcast? <laughs> How did this happen? How do we become the? We got two. We got Liverpool fans on this show. I nah, like Scouts not English. Not myself. I can't stop myself from clicking on NXT UK. <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay. Do the you guys remember uh, what, what was her name? Uh, Zoe something. Fuck. Zoe Lucas, former Stardom Gaijin. Yeah, Zoe Lucas. Yeah. Chardonnay. Tyson T Bone. Tyson T Bone. And Jack Stars. Did you know Dan uh, Drilla Maloney was in the OG NXT UK tournament? Drill Maloney was in it. What? Yes. The drill. The drill. What? What happened? He like lost in the first round. It was like in 2017. Oh man, do you remember Los Federales Santos Jr.? No. The fat guy. He was like the he was like this huge fat guy. You remember? Uh, a, Jamie, don't interrupt me when know. I'm talking about Santos <laughs> Jr. He was like this. He was like this huge fat who wore a mask in NXT UK, and he teamed with. Who did he team with? Who was the British Luchador? Uh, well, hold on. The one I'm, with the the horns. Alligato. He's, he's yeah. Oh, yeah, he's canceled. Oh, okay. Uh, That's the, uh, the thing with these guys. Who who is the guy? There's another guy whose last name was Dunn, like Pete Dunn, at the same time as Pete oh, Dunn in Britain. Damian, uh, the, the, the is Chief it Damian Dunn? Dunn? Chief Deputy Dunn. Yeah, Chief yeah, Chief Chief Deputy Dunn, otherwise known as No Fun Dunn, uh was uh he would team with Los Los Federales Santos Jr. And they Remember, were the uh, anti-fun. They were the anti-fun police. Pastor William Ever. Pastor William Ever. Wow. The the moment the pandemic hit, Los Federales Santos Jr. stopped wrestling. He has not wrestled since March 2020. His last match was. This is a crazy match to be your last match. Los Federales Santos Jr. and Chief Deputy Chief Deputy Dunn, the anti-fun police, and Shigehiro Irie <laughs> against. 
Kid Lycos 2, Kyle Fletcher, and Shota Umino. What the fuck? Was, <laughs> That's was unreal. The last match of his career. Oh my god. That's unreal. Ma- imagine telling your grandkids you uh you you finished your career against the ace of New Japan, bro. That was a good wow. Okay. And now I'm thinking about the, the Thunder Bastard tag series in progress wrestling. Okay. We have a two dollar super chat from Fritz that says that the Heritage Cup bangs too. No, because it's adjacent to, to UWF rules and that makes it bad. Sucks. Um Chitown Spurs, $2 Super Chat. Jamie, thoughts on AFCON? Oh, I love AFCON. <laughs> What's your it. favorite team? Is it Senegal? Re- no, they're out, actually. They went out there. Oh, no. They, just, they lost yeah, they, yesterday. Yeah, they went out to Ivory Coast on penalties. Was, um, was, I, I picked a random African country. I didn't it, know anything It's so it. good. It's like the most fun tournament ever because it's, like, unserious. Like, it's literally just for, like, the love they of the lo- game. You're telling me they lost to, they lost to Cote d'Ivoire? Yeah, they're the host. Dude, I'm, Cape Verde. Cape Verde. Yeah, I was going to I'm bro. rooting for Cape Verde. Cape what? Verde. Cape Verde? Yeah. They've like, because they have like no, they have like no like star players, but they're just a good unit. It's just like Portuguese. Like, it's like guys that like immigrated to Portugal because like they speak Portuguese yeah. there. And like, I'm rooting for, I'm, I'm rooting for Cape Verde because Egypt without Salah, I don't care. And like, and the Moroccans, uh, Hakimi missed the penalty today. I think the Moroccans lost. Really? Oh, they they were a big they were big favorites going on. I don't know. I, I saw Hakimi missed the penalty, and they and all the jokes were so about what? it. So we got okay, okay. So we got it's going to be all right. So yeah, Morocco lost. Title. Morocco lost to South Africa. Yeah, here's here's I got the in front of me. Don't worry, and I will be watching. We've got Nigeria so and Angola. I will be supporting Nigeria. Uh, we got Cape Verde in South Africa. How could anybody ever support South Africa in this matchup? You have to go Cape Verde here, right? 100%. Uh, we got Mal- we got Mali and the Ivory Coast. I mean, it'd be sick if the if the I go Ivory team, Coast. especially with the the scheduling issues that didn't happen last summer. But then they were worried about the Cote d'Ivoire weather, so they mm-hmm. had to postpone it to, to to this year. In the in the so I go Ivory Coast. Gotta go Ivory Coast. And then you got Congo versus Guinea. Now I gotta be honest, I don't know shit about Guinea. I do. Know I'm a little going bit about Guinea Congo. for Nabi. Nabi lad. I'm gonna I'll go with that. Congo because I actually know some like Congolese, Congolese, I think immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just I'm gonna go for them. But you know I'm I'm back in I'm all in on. Uh, I think I'm all. You know what? No, I'm 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 supporting Congo. The rest. Oh, I'm, no. I'm going Cape Verde. That's, 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 and if that's, Cape Verde loses, I win for Nigeria. Yeah, I'm I'm in on Cape yeah. Verde. Ivory Coast as the host. They have a very funny story because they 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 lost their last game in pretty embarrassing fashion in the groups. And they finished third. They sacked their manager, and then they they got through as oh. one of the best third place teams. So now they just have like a caretaker manager, but like they're in the quarterfinals of Afcon. It's pretty. I was rooting for uh, Cameroon like because they uh, they benched Onana, so I, I was rooting for Cameroon because yeah. fuck Onana. Wow. Who, who's the favorite? Nigeria. Nigeria. It, it would have been it would have been Morocco or Senegal. So I guess now it's Nigeria. Still probably Nigeria. I mean, they have OC, they have some guys. They have OC men. They, all their guys are strikers. They have like five great strikers, and then the rest of the team's like pretty mid. We have uh, we have again not lost viewers the entire time we've been talking about. about this. It's what the people want to hear. Yeah. No, this people just like to hear us ramble. They like to hear us yap. <laughs> this is why this is why people like dumb guy chats, like what the spaces on Twitter. What about the Asian Cup? Who do you guys think's taking that? Asian. Well, hold on. Let me. <laughs> I don't Lebanon know who's won. in it or who's still, but I'll find out. 
Lebanon lost. I'm very sad about it. Oh, my, no. My, That's my shocking. Lebanon, I'm half Lebanese, so I root for the Lebanon people. Yeah. Asian, the AFC Asian Cup. Uh, the... Oh, I'm rooting for Japan. I'm rooting for... Uh, I'm rooting for Japan. Barker, you're going to root for Korea, probably. Uh, That's racist. Um, you love... Bro, what? No, I don't. No, I don't give a shit about. No, it's because. Okay, all right. We got to how Tajikistan is in the quarters. Yeah, they're yeah. going to run. They might win. They might because they're against Jordan. I I can't imagine Jordan is that good. Um, Australia and South Korea. I mean, that seems like a much stronger no, quarter. Tritons first. Palestine lost to Qatar. Oh no. They, they uh, did Iran, get their fish have a win in the tournament. <laughs> Iran versus Syria is a crazy that's soccer like, match. That, that's unreal. That can't be right. Uh, so, so I, I presume Iran and Japan will win theirs, and then we yeah. have we have Qatar and Uzbekistan. Qatar, Qatar are on really good form. Another Qatar host. wins. What happened to China? How did they lose? They're ass. Oh, they, they suck. <laughs> they really China bad. and India are both ass. For some reason. Time like, to learn Chinese, buddy. <laughs> Remember that. India's guy? ass also. Uh, who? Yeah, who do? Who am I supporting? Yeah, I'll I'll go for. I'm going for Japan. We got Celtic boys on that team. My mind is blown that Tajikistan is still in. And it. and Endo, we got to root for Endo too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're the favorite, so it's slightly boring. But I think I think I got it back. Got it back, Endo. No, no, bro. They're gonna lose to Iran. Uh, they did. Yeah. They didn't have the best uh, group stage show in Japan because they're like the the runaway favorites. But I think they disappointed. The Aussies so. could surprise people. The Aussies. Hello, just here to play a bit of footy. In in oh. the in the Asian Cup because oh, we're Fletcher. Asian, right? Australians are Asian, and so we've been invited to participate in the Asian. I think that's what that when I when I had a private account at Ice Ribbon Forever, the my last tweet before I got suspended was me imitating Buddy Murphy in an Australian accent. Jordan, was Jordan like, hello, I'm Fuck I'm no. Buddy, I'm Buddy Murphy. Stupid. I think you can Jordan. get it back. I honestly think you can get that count back. I don't think I can because the um because the uh email address I used for it was like a throwaway and so I don't think I can uh, access it unfortunately um it, which is okay I don't need it I, if they brought back circles I could still do that uh, it's whatever I don't think anymore as I'm sure you guys um damn uh about uh stardom pro wrestling yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, I could do that. I tell you what, I had the card open, and no, what I've done. Oh, I've got it right here. So, fling, and shame on you, getting us back to this. But there's a stardom pay per view this weekend. We're gonna get Micah defending the world championship. It's gonna be in Osaka. Defend. Kamatani. Really fun, fresh matchup. I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, doesn't feel like any real shot at a title change here. Maybe maybe you think differently, Jamie, but 
I think this should be a lot of fun. It's a big test for Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you cut out a little bit, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead. The, yeah. I mean, it, it's one I'm looking forward to quite a bit. I mean, these two obviously have great chemistry um, and kind of a built-in built-in story. When, when Micah won the belt, this is one of the matches I was instantly kind of assuming we were going to get at some point, and they've they've wasted no time with it. Um, obviously, both parts of the the golden generation. I think looking at the kind of the uh, the history of the couple of different the last few red belt reigns, this feels like something to circle. I think Stardom often like to have the eventual kind of next champion. They often like to have them unsuccessfully challenged pretty early on. And I think this could be one of those cases. So I don't think Saya is winning here. Um, I think it should be an excellent match, as I, as I said. Um, but I think uh, Mike will win, but Kamatani may be the one who eventually beats her down the line, maybe like a dream queen at the end of this year. But I think, she, I think it should be a great match. Yeah, looking forward to this one quite a bit. We lost Murph Burner, unfortunately. Um, I'm looking forward to this one quite a bit. Um, I'm just really looking forward to this Micah Rain. I think it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> there's a new stable yeah. in Stardom, in World Wondering Stardom, uh, with Micah at the helm. Uh, walk, us, walk us through this little stable. Walk us, I should say, through us uh, through this little stable here. What, what's, what's it like? Yeah, so um, this this came about not the weekend just gone, but the weekend before. Um, we had a tag team match between Micah and Hanako, taking on Mina Shirakawa and Wakasukiyama of Club Venus, or should I say formerly of Club Venus. Um, after the match, they decided to kind of all band together um, and form a group. We didn't find out the name until the following weekend, um, and it is now... As uh, as our Portuguese friend How Zhao How, I still don't know how to pronounce <laughs> the, the, your your first name there. But EXV, which I believe is Empress Nexus Venus, it's quite it's it's it's, it's a choice, you know. <laughs> um, it kind of plays to the the kind of idea of the faction. I think it's, they've presented it as a bit of a throw together between Micah and, and Mina, um, and they've they've kind of decided to just stick with that, <laughs> I guess. Um, when this, when the the tag match that I talked about was initially announced for for this for this show uh, the last weekend, I was kind of circling. Uh, Micah was teaming with Hanako on both the shows that weekend, and obviously we've been anticipating a Micah stable for a while. So I kind of had that circled um, as okay, maybe Hanako is gonna gonna be be with Micah for the long run. Now I did not anticipate that Mina and uh, Wacker on the other side of that would play play into this. Um, but I do think it was definitely something that was needed with those two. I mean, they're the only two left in Club Venus without bringing more um, Gaijins in. And there aren't really many people on the roster who felt like they would have fit uh, in Club Venus. So um, it was either this or put them back with Cosmic Angels, which I think would have set Mina back quite a bit in her kind of um, character development. So, uh, yeah, I like it. It'd be interesting to see how it's going to play out um, in terms of how they band together as a group, whether they, you know... Uh, keep playing on this kind of uh, they don't really fit <laughs> kind of vibe but um, yeah it's an interesting one but I am glad we're finally getting some some movement with the factions this is needed yeah of course obviously with Julia leaving and Donna Del Mondo ending we knew that something was going to happen with Micah when you're literal of your promotion a very stable intensive promotion was without a stable um, I don't think a lot of people anticipated uh a Club Venus uh, mm-hmm. merger. I think that was a little bit outside of the outside of the box. But um, Mina right now to me is like a perfect number two in a stable. Yeah, I, so I think I think that works out well for for Micah. What do you got, Murph? 
I like the stable. I, I think it's a good lineup of names. You know, I really like everybody in the stable. And the fact of the matter is, is Club Venus as a concept work with Mariah May because Mariah May was there for nine months. But Club Venus without people coming in. I mean, Club Venus is basically be Mina and whatever, whoever. <laughs> Club, Club Venus would be Mina and whoever's there for like a week or two. So really, I think that putting Mina in a different stable is a number two, where I think it's very similar to how, you know, you had Okada, but then you have like a Goto or like something like that under him who can, you know, can challenge for the top belt, can hold the second belt. I mean, I think it's a really good thing. And I think that um, this stable, I think the name's a little hokey, but, you know, there's been a lot of stables that with bad names that eventually you don't care, like Decorage and you know, stuff like that. The name sounds pretty hokey at the beginning, but you know, it ends up being just fine. But you know, I, I do think this stable's gonna be really good and I think it's gonna be a um an interesting thing to see Micah lead her own stable after being a number two for so long. And I think eventually Mina's gonna be in a position where she can have her own stable and it really just has a nice cycle here where you're just gonna elevate stars by having them in a stable where they can, you know, shine. Four title matches on this show, this Supreme this supreme Fight pay-per-view. Second from the top, it'll be Sayori Ano defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against uh, Starlight Kid, who's been getting a pretty sizable push over the last few weeks. Um, it, it's obviously still quite early in Ano's reign, but it also weirdly wouldn't shock me to see Murph a title prediction right here. Put- I think yeah. SLK wins here. I'm in on yeah, Starlight I just feel, Kid. I don't know. For whatever reason, I have that. I'm not tapped into really stardom that like super close right now. But for whatever reason, that just feels like a possibility. But of course, more likely than not, a retention of on. I'm, I'm putting think, money on Starlight Kid. I think Starlight Kid's got it, and I think Starlight Kid is going to be the next uh, white belt champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, this this is a weird one, as you said. That's obviously you know pretty much exactly like the mic. I think it's it's very early on, and um, so logic would say that Anno retains, but. Um, there's a few things here. Anno, for one, isn't signed, right? <laughs> she's a, you know, Starlight had talked about it in a promo. She wants to bring the belt back to stardom. She's very much still, as much as she's like, you know, she does the five star and she's in a faction. She's kind of an outsider. Um, so that's that may be part of it. Obviously, she's not kind of tied down. Um, so maybe they wanted to do a short reign. Um, also, Starlight Kid made a weird comment. I can't remember whether it was to Tokyo Sports or someone like that. She said, um, Similar to, to Osprey, uh, what, and well, no, similar to what David Finley did with the uh, US belt. Oh yeah, she that's right. Yeah, I heard this the too. White belt. She wants to destroy it and make a new belt, um, which is an interesting decision. I mean, I, I think all the Stardom belts need to be like remade, but I don't think like change the belt. Like they all look old, you know what I mean. But just like keep the belts, just get a new ones. Um, so I, I wouldn't go as far as to like get rid of the white belt and make it something different. Because uh, I, you know, I like that. I think it's got a good, pretty good lineage outside of like maybe Mariah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But um, I will also, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Sally Kid win. The only thing kind of hanging over it is uh, it feels so much like Nat's boy should be Soriano, and she's back soon. Um, mm. It seems like so. I feel like they're gonna keep keep the belt on Anno and then get to a. Uh, Nats boy title win pretty quickly, but I still think it'll be a short reign for Hanno, but just maybe this will be slightly too early. We have a high speed title match. May Sarah it will defend against Hazuki. Um, and to me, this is a big deal because this is the biggest name for this title in a long maybe say that Starlight Kid challenging for it. 
Uh, but I would I'd put Hazuki and Starlight Kid on pretty com- comparable level. And then past that, I mean, it's like, hey, but that was before Natsupoi was a big, you know, a, a really big push. So this is a big match for this. Um, and I don't know. There was no title at stake here. It'd be pretty in the May Sarah beating Hazuki, I'd say. But maybe they don't want to end that title reign yet. Um, yeah, this is another one. This isn't one that's kind of fun because I think it's kind of difficult to uh, pick. But Jamie, I'm curious. Who... Yeah, this this one I'm circling slightly more than the Starlight Kid one. I think um, I talked about a bunch. The high speed division is not exactly like stacked. We, we've talked about before. We obviously have like Starlight Kid and Azumi, who you want to have doing you know slightly bigger things this year um you've obviously got may sarah and then you kind of have this rotating cast of like fukigen death koguma people who aren't like um, always in the mix but can be dragged into it and then a couple of other people um hazuki like you said is is the biggest name to, to come into this in quite a while also she mentioned that she's uh this is this year's her 10th anniversary year and she said she wants to win the high speed belt and the white belt i don't know whether she'll definitely get the white belt but i think they could throw her the um the the high speed title here and i get you know as i said because the division's not super stacked or anything you can always go back to a may sarah um pretty pretty soon if you don't have anything else immediately for her but um so i think i'm going to predict the hazuki title win here but i'm not 100 percent sure okay uh we have the return of tam nakano in a tag match she's teaming with yuna mizumori take on Mina Shirakawa and Maka Tsukiyama, of course, of the of the new stable. So it'll be good to see her back. We'll see what uh what happens out of this. It seems like maybe whatever team gets the win here could be a next goddess challenger, or uh whatever, you know, whoever gets a big pinfall here could could also challenge for a singles title as well. Um could definitely see Tam beating like Waka in this match and then challenging for the the, the world championship afterwards, considering she had to vacate it. Um which would give Micah, you know, a, a big win against a legit like main eventer, which I don't think Suzu or Saya like quite is on the level of Tam. Uh, this is what this match is fun. Kind of an all-star tag match. Azumi, Utami Hayashishida, Mayu Iwatani, and Nanai Takahashi against Shuri, Mirai, Julia, and Suzu Suzuki. Um, just a lot of big names and a lot of great wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fun to um, you know, you know, like you said, there's a lot of big names there. I'm kind of circling the uh, Shuri and Julia on the same side. Um, I don't know how many more times we're going to see that, and I kind of hope they come out and do the the ALK entrance one more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember yeah. when, they, when they did it one last time, um, the last time when they when they split up. Uh, but I think there's there's a chance to do it like a very final time, um, and whether it's here or whether they do one more maybe special tag match at some point, but I'm kind of hoping we get that. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of big interesting names in here. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, as we kind of get into the, you know, the still in the early stages of 2024, whether there be any big stories will be built here. But uh, yeah, definitely want to circle. We all, uh, this is the kind of the last notable match I'd say on the card. Rina is defending the Future of Stardom Championship against Yuzuki, who Jamie and I are, Big fans of big believers oh, in, yeah. and the I'm pretty damn confident that Yuzuki's winning this match, and she's uh, she's becoming the future of Stardom champion. You agree? Yeah, I mean, Rena, I, I've enjoyed this this Rena future belt uh, thing. I think it's given her a chance to like main event a couple of new bloods, which I think is pretty you know valuable experience at this this stage in her career. 
Um, that's one of the best things about New Blood. But uh, Yuzuki is the best prospect Stardom have had in a very, very long time. Um, you know, th- th- this this past year, we've had a lot of rookies coming in. But before that, it was kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, we had we had pretty pretty poor period for a year or, year or two there. So it's good to be finally back, you know, producing a lot of rookies, getting them in the dojo and stuff. But Yuzuki is kind of ahead of, of the pack there by, by a long way. She's in stars now. So she's learning under Mayu and Hazuki and stuff like that. Um, and I think she, she's got a very, very bright future. And I think she gets her first first bit of gold here. All right. Let's move on from Stardom Talk here. Let's very briefly talk about... We are we are a Lucha podcast. I don't know if you guys are yeah. aware. We do, we do talk Lucha every once in a while. And uh, AEW have announced not just a CMLL partnership, but... They've been very intentional about promoting that CML, CMLL wrestlers are coming to Dynamite, coming to Collision, and they're going to be players on the show. Now, in practice, what that looks like is difficult to be seen, but it really feels like Rocky Romero is just like the most powerful guy in wrestling right now, <laughs> and he's brokering all this stuff, all these <laughs> relationships uh, between all these companies, and it's exciting. You know, CMLL for me, a lot of people really enjoyed it last year. And I did too with some of the big matches, of course, the Rocky stuff uh, and the mm-hmm. emergence of Mascara Dorada 2.0, now just Dorada himself, right? Um, I do think that for me, CMLL has become slightly overrated just because I don't think the matches are that exciting a lot of the time, frankly. Like, you know a CMLL formula if you've seen it. If if you're watching it for the first time, you're like, wow, this crowd's crazy, you know? Um it's so exciting, but once you watch it a lot, it starts to kind of repeat on itself a little bit. However, in a new environment in American wrestling, where we're seeing them against people who we don't see them against 20 times a year, I think that could be really exciting. I'm less excited about guys like Mystico than I am about the more spectacular guys on the roster. I'm thinking like a Mascara Dorada, like a Soberano, like a Volador like a Barbaro Cavernario, who's my beast of the week last week. Um, but yeah, like a Teton even. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what they do here. Some stuff isn't going to translate. I don't think Mystico as a massive baby face is going to translate. I don't think Rocky Romero as a massive heel is going to necessarily translate. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what, a- what AEW does. I will check out their stuff when it's on. Murph, you're you're excited about this. What do you here's, got? Here's my analysis of the situation. Number one, I think an AEW-CML partnership is very good because it is the premier best promotion in Mexico right now, in my opinion. But I found it very interesting how they advertise this. So they advertise them for Rampage on Friday. And um, what I think is going to happen is, is there's go- going to have the match on Rampage on Friday with the CMLL guys. And then on Saturday, Collision is in Rosenberg, Texas, in the um, the Rio Grande Valley, which is a very, very culturally Mexican part of the United States. And they did this where they all advertised Mystico in, um, in Texas in uh, October. And I believe he sold like 1,500 tickets like the day of the show. So I, I think this is very calculated by AEW to do this this Friday. So the TV viewer that watches Rampage, what, the person who watches Rampage is, is very similar to the person who watches Collision. And I think it's to give them a taste of it. And then I think they're going to advertise on Friday. They're going to advertise at least two of the stars, probably Mystico and, and uh, Ejicero. And I think they um, they advertise them for that collision in Texas because they are big draws in that part of the United States. Uh, where CMLL is actually, you know, 
they do lucha shows all the time and you know where they have the guys go up and they draw like pretty well in like parking lots um so that's what i think this is going and i think i'm really excited for this partnership and uh, i think it's going to be a win-win for both promotions because uh, you know the thing triple a has compared to um cmll is uh it's much easier to watch AAA in the in America than it is CMLL. Like CMLL, you gotta like do a convoluted like Ticketmaster buy the show like weird membership kind of thingy. Yeah. And in, in AAA, you can just watch it on fight. But I think if you put these trip these CMLL guys on AEW, it's gonna help CMLL in the United States, and it's gonna help AEW not only in Mexico but in parts of Texas where they do they it would be nice for them to draw better. So I think this is just a win win for both sides. Hmm. CMLL right now, uh, I, I know I'll let you get in here, but I just want to talk about like the accessibility of CMLL. It's so like inexcusably bad right now. Mm -hmm. They announced the streaming like a, 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 which is like their fourth attempt at a streaming service in like the last two years. Um, and it's like $27 a month to watch Viernes live, right? Like that's stupid. You can watch, you can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling for less than ten dollars a month, right? <laughs> like everything they have. Dragon to offer. Gate you can watch network was like it was like seen as being so expensive. It's like yeah. twelve bucks right now. Twelve you, bucks. You can watch. You can watch AEW with a VPN and a Fight TV membership for like what is it? Ten bucks a month, something like that. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so inaccessible. Um, if you're if you're not tapped in, you know, like obviously there are people like Lucha Blog records all the shows and you can access them that way. But for me, I don't. I would prefer not to pirate. I pay for legit, legitimately like seven streaming services, and I'd be happy to pay for CMLL if it was ten bucks a month. Do they put I'm still put pay, CMLL you know. on New Japan World? No, no, they haven't done that. that that's time. how I used to watch it when I was more tapped in. Yeah, I would, I would watch, watch. Yeah, I'd watch I'd do VPN on. I do VPN and watch Viernes on New Japan World. So. I agree that this will help their exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to kind of jump off uh, one of Merv's points. He, he mentioned that it's, it's a win-win for both promotions. I want to expand on it and say it's a win-win for three promotions. I think this is a big win for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. I agree. I think you now have kind of a three a three-way kind of partnership, which is going to be benef beneficial uh, for, for all three. I mean, AW. We're, we're definitely more more linked in with with AAA for a long long time, and we've we've talked you know extensively about how none of us are very high on AAA at the moment, um, and you know outside of uh, outside You're of the, the Vikingo, who seems to be outside of Vikingo, he seems to be sticking there, um, you know, signing an extension there. There's no one else really who I, I can see really benefiting AEW and bringing in. I mean, uh, Black Taurus obviously looks like he's heading to AEW mm -hmm. as is. Um, so in in you know, doing a deal with CMLL, you now have the opportunity to kind of, you know, bring together all three of these on a show. And I think looking at kind of a forbidden door, um, a forbidden door, which is going to be a very weird one this year for the reason that we talked about earlier. I mean, the two kind of marquee names that New Japan put out on their end for forbidden door last year were Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada. And now they're batting for the other team. So, <laughs> um, you know, as much as New Japan needs to build up big names for their own sake, Forbidden Door is going to be weird this year because who are going to be those top guys that New Japan put in, put in big time matches? So I think um, padding out the card a little bit with the inclusion of uh, CMLL, some of CMLL's bigger names, um, and obviously you're going to be able to build them up um, throughout the year by you know having more exposure uh, on American you know television. I think that could be a big win um, for all three, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, just pretty much like Mercer, obviously, just just that exposure in general. 
is, is going to be a good thing for the company. More people are going to be inclined um, to kind of seek out matches, as has already been the case throughout last year. Sort of along these lines, we have a five. It's euros or pounds, and I don't want anybody to uh, super chat. Being the, the women's wrestling, being a women's wrestling fan, apart from Stephanie Vacare, who uh, who are the other top female stars in CMLL, and who would you like to see versus AW and ROH wrestlers? Uh, to be honest, there, like there are a lot of talented women in CMLL, but they're just not featured to any extent. Like mm-hmm. they're always on the undercard. They're they're just not. You know, they're good wrestlers. Uh, like there, I mean, but frankly, I'm having trouble coming up with specific names because they're just not featured or they don't wrestle every week right there's there's either zero or one women's match on a on a viernes show and a lot of times the wrestlers themselves don't repeat so you don't see them that often but i mean vicar is excellent like i would love to see like vicar is somebody who i'd be completely fine full-time stardom or full-time uh even full-time aw because it's way better than being full-time cmll frankly for the women Mm-hmm. Yeah, off the top of my head, I've seen good stuff out of. Uh, I, I want to say her name is Zuki's. I think I pronounced her name. Yeah, Zuki's. Yes. Yeah, something like that. And uh, you, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy for pronunciations, but it's like U- Uvia or something like. Yeah, that. U- Uvia oh, yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah. That was that was the first name that came to mind for me was Uvia yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, I appreciate the super chat. But yeah, Thank unfortunately, it's just, just not that much. Appreciate it, Darren. All right, anything, uh, Murph. I, there was a there was there was a uh, there was the gate of Bayside in Dragon Gate this past weekend, and that was a cool face you just made. What's the uh, what's the important what's the big takeaways from this weekend? So uh, first off, Gate of Bayside was a big deal for Dragon Gate because they've always had like a little lull period in uh in January, and now th- this show filled up uh, the um filled up the void, and uh, it was a very good sh- and there was a show that um number one it was a nice crowd, you know. The, you know, Dragon Gate has had some shoddy numbers they've been reporting, but, you know, if you looked at the Yokama Budokan, it was, it was pretty filled, and, um, the main matches were, there were two very good matches on the show, like, two, like, in my, I had them both over four stars, it was the, uh, we'll go from the top, the main event was, uh, Luis Monte making his first title defense against Shun Skywalker, and one of my criticisms with Shun Skywalker over the last couple of years has been, after the last re- year, really, is, uh, he's been working, like, a ground-based, like, methodical style, and I think Monte really put him back into that old fly-over-the-sky Shun Skywalker, because this was a very good match. I will say it ended a little bit abruptly. Um, Monte just hit the Volta Finale and won the match. You know, it was pretty out. It wasn't like out of nowhere, but it happened before I expected it to. But there was a spot in the match where, um, Shun Skywalker went for the, uh, the moonsault and Monte put his knees up and I shit you not Shun Skywalker flew across the ring off of his knees. It was like a pretty ridiculous spot, but I do recommend that match uh, to anyone. Luis Monte made his first defense. He beat Shun Skywalker, which most people expected Shun Skywalker to win the belt here. So uh, I'm very happy. Monte won actually for Monte. What most people expected the most people expected Shun to win. Most of the Dragon Gate English speaking fans, yes, they beat him. They expected him to win. They expected yeah, it was just a way to get the belt from Kick it to Skywalker. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. Um, I for Monte. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the match? Okay. Uh, 
No, I didn't. I need. I need but to, the best match on the card, too. by far, in my opinion, this I had this match at four and a half stars. It's uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Alejandro defending the belts against Jackie Funky Kame and Jason Lee. This match was phenomenal. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is Alejandro should be a Dragon Gate wrestler because he fits the Dragon Gate style much more than the Noah style. Like Alejandro was tremendous in this match. Like he looked like like a Dragon Gate wrestler, and I hope that they can keep the belts out. Kaito Kiyomiya and Alejandro won, and uh, Jackie and Jason were doing the Kung Fu gimmick, which, you know, is always a fun time because it really makes them real valiant baby faces. But, um, no, in Kaito, Kaito looked like a, a fish in water in Dragon Gate as well, you know. It's a hard style to adjust, especially, you know, when you're a guy like Kaito, who's what's trained in the Noah style, but no, Kaito looked tremendous here, and I would recommend this match to anyone. I think it's the best tag match of the year so far, but everyone should watch Kaito and Alejandro versus Jackie and Jason, uh, Dragon Gate Live. It's about twelve bucks a month right now, to the end being down. And uh, one of the reasons most people didn't buy the service originally was it went out, most shows went away after a week and then were gone off the network for a month. But now that the uh, the time period is all shows are on for a year, and if it's a big show, they stay on forever so uh if you're a dragon gate fan i would definitely if you're a wrestling pro fan i would definitely tune into those two matches of the show and uh they also announced that the um the ray de parejas the uh the dragon gate tag team tournament is back again this year which i'm a big fan of because i really enjoyed last year's tournament i thought it was the bright spot of dragon gate's year so uh if, if you're interested in dragon gate it's a great time to get in uh i would wait until february 1st because it's the first of the month and you can really get the most bang out of your buck but uh you know, at Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate has really had a nice return to form so far in the latter stages of 2023, and now beginning in 2024. And I really think this new generation is starting to settle in, and it's going to be good—a great promotion again. Darren, I completely missed your other super chat. Uh, unfortunately, I was trying to read it, and I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I'm going to interpret this as he's asking who, like the big, like the Guardians, going to be in in Stardom. Whether there's, there's any big. Mm. Big name sticking out, so I, I guess Tekla's still there, right? Or I guess we think she's still there, mm-hmm. going to be Zena. AW talk, but um, Zena, yeah, we forgot to mention her. We're talking mm-hmm. about the new faction. She's in EXV, and um, she's back. Uh, as an interesting one. I, I mean, I didn't. Um, she didn't stick around for too long the first time, but I think one of her la- last matches before she left, she had a really good match with Siri, um, and then she left pretty soon after. So she showed like glimpses of potential and then left. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, she's going to be. Sticking around, I didn't realize she's um she's in a relationship with Daga, and Daga's sticking around in Noah. It seems so. Mm. Maybe she's going to be in Japan for the the, the long run this time. But uh, yeah, hopefully you know we see uh, some development there. All right, okay, guys, I think it's that time. Oh yeah, and my beast now. I it's my beast of the week is not going to be Tiger Turan or whatever the hell. His name was, uh, but in that time, it's the beast of the week. It's the <laughs> beast, and uh, yeah, 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 it's that time, folks. Jamie, kick us off as always. Okay, well, as, as you just mentioned, you, you, you joked about Tigers around there. I want to I wanna start by asking, do we have any leading candidates for collective beast of the week? Because I have an idea that I think might pop people in the live chat. I think the, the collective beast of the week should just be NXT UK. <laughs> for yeah yeah, that's I, I, like yeah. That. I like that yeah <laughs> it's general yeah. existence and and uh, lots of stage nxt uk <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah are we, yeah, are yeah, we putting yeah. uh tiger Turan in the hall of beast or is that too T- tiger <laughs> do i can it should just be tiger Turan. <laughs> yeah tiger Turan's the beast of the collector okay well okay i we'll go with him 
All right, but that's good. Like, that was a good I suggestion, Jamie. Yeah, that's good. Electric Beast of the Week. That's good. I forgot to find a picture of him in the mask and stuff now. Um, so my actual Beast of the Week. Uh, anyone who's familiar with Wrestle Purist lore will know that there is one re- member of Wrestle Purist in particular who has been flinching on the timeline quite a lot <laughs> recently. Um, and obviously, uh, this this Saturday at the Royal Rumble, Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble for the second time in a row, which all but confirms that he will be. He will be finishing the story at WrestleMania 40, uh, barring a late scare on Raw where he like faced off with Seth Rollins. Now, in the public, Ibu of WrestlePurist has been very much the, the public face of the Cody Rhodes. You guys like my new hat? Look at my new hat. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so he's been very publicly concerned about this. However, he's not the only one who's been very concerned. I just don't show it, right? Because <laughs> I, I, I see the abuse he gets online. I see the abuse he gets in the Respirous chat. And I decided to not express my Cody concern. However, I was also flinching. Um, so when Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble, I was very, very excited. Uh, I'm hoping he is going to finish the story. Uh, and so so for that reason, he has to be my beast of the week because he kind of... I celebrated that like a big... Like Liverpool had won a big trophy <laughs> when when Cody Rhodes won that Royal Rumble at... Uh, yeah, we, we, we may be beating the rock allegations. For me, I haven't I haven't watched I didn't watch a ton of wrestling this weekend. It's been we're in we're in the middle of a new Japan tour, right? So there's like out here and there, but crazy, right? Um there was a big DDT show from Corican Hall this weekend. I love a DDT Corican because the crowd's always really good. And also they brought back one Kanosuke Takeshita for this show who completely beat the shit out of boy, just like he did at the start of the year. Like 10 minutes. It was a short match in the semi-main of a DDT Korokin. And he's just like, he's unbelievable. He is like, when Takeshita does shit to wrestlers, it's like, Oh God, dude! Like you've got to chill, man. It's just the best. So, to, to Kanosuke Takeshita is my beast of the week for his brutalization of Naruki Doi at Korokin. Murph. Okay. We see. Yeah, there was a, there was a comment, and uh, Andrew, you know, it, it went through my mind, but I'm not <laughs> doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, I, there have been some haters on my, on your boy's name the last couple of days, so you know, I can't be I can't be doing any more of that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, my beast of the week is a man who I didn't believe in. I th- I thought this guy, the 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 fans around him were a bit overblown until I drove the two and a half hours. It should have been an hour, but it was, it was two hours because the, the arena is in a terrible place uh, up to the Tropicana field in St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, I saw this man make his entrance and it felt like a party in there. This guy felt like a party, you know, th- this guy's entrance. And then he went in the match and like, and he had a, a the, the way it started was it was very heated on my beast of the week is main event. Jay Uso. I, I didn't believe in this guy. But I was in there going, it's just me, oops. Day one, it's just, just me. Oh, my God. And then Jimmy came out, and, like, the whole place was like, oh, Jimmy. Dude, I was like, shit, you WWE fans, I don't blame you now. This is fun. 
it's fun to be a WWE fan, you know? And, uh, you know, I didn't know the, the yeet lore and the no yeet lore. So the, the nice fellows around me were explaining it to me how they go yeet and no yeet. And I actually, I was popped by it. Same with Tom and Nick Mysterio. I had no idea about that shit too. But, uh, you know, my beast of the week, main event, Jey Uso. You could tell that, you could tell that he was the baby face because he wore blue and his brother was the heel because he wore, he wore red. red. Yeah. Storytelling one-on-one. That was good. Triple that was good storytelling. The, 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 the Royal Rumble, the Men's Royal Rumble, uh, made me fall asleep. I fell asleep in the middle of it. You and, said you uh, didn't watch it. Yeah, that was all I watched. I was like, oh, I guess oh. I'll check out the Men's Rumble. And then I saw the Usos come out, and then it got to, like, it got to, like, Omas. No, it, it felt, wasn't Omas. I felt was, really bad for Andrade because no one gave a shit. It was like he came out, and oh, no, no one fucking cared. Like, boom. Yeah, well, it's WWE fans. Sammy Guevara yeah. forever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to the show. We had good viewership, which I didn't really anticipate this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the Okada, uh, the Okada talk. I hope you enjoyed the NXT UK talk. That was fun. Uh, that was good. Yeah, yeah talk, the Asia Cup talk. That was, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yacon. I was like, I was trying. I couldn't even remember. I was like, what was the other thing? Yeah, that's what that's what Jamie just said. Um, I'm so, I said Asian cop. I didn't hear the other one. Uh, yeah. So, well, all right. No, we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for the super chats. We love you. We hope to see you next week. Uh, we'll be reviewing Stardom, and then we'll be we'll be previewing the end of Okada in uh, AEW. His last or in New Japan yeah. in uh, his last match. So we'll we'll get you that next week. But in the meantime. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Stay dumb. Dumb.